0: Hi, everyone. I like that I can fit in today's theme with the injured body part. (laughs) The scripture for today's message is going to be from Matthew 7, 24 through 29. And if you want to stand up while I read uh, the word. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, Excuse me, it'll take a while, but I'll get there. Hey, it's all downhill. Well, I, I, I don't know. Good morning, church. Hold on, i got to get situated here. <clears throat> well, it's good to be back in the Redwoods. I have a memory of the Redwoods. Back in 1969, like 50 years ago, when I was a 22, 23-year-old, I was in a church, a large youth group, and we decided to go see Neil Diamond at the Universal Theater Amphitheater during the summer when he was playing because everybody liked Neil Diamond then, and my wife still likes Neil Diamond. So we went in the church bus, and there was like, 30 of us, at the Neil Diamond concert. And he's playing along and playing along. And then all of a sudden he stops. And he greets the tree people who were in the trees behind the amphitheater, climbing a tree near the top so they could watch and listen to Neil Diamond sing. And so he would call them tree people. Hi, tree people. Hi. So you can observe from where you are. You don't have to climb a tree, even though I know a few kids that would love to climb the tree, Jonathan, not speaking about anybody else. But, you know, I, I've observed that there are many tree climbers here. So this morning, I want to talk about, um, from God's Word, a simple parable, a simple idea as Jesus is speaking to the crowds. Now Paul, a couple of weeks ago, finished the Sermon on the Mount, but this is part the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and I want to share it, and instruct you with an idea that will help you even go deeper in the Word this morning. So we're going to talk about you know his authority as he speaks the Sermon on the Mount. So we've read the Scripture about how Jesus says, "These are my words. Here." and do. And then he explains what he means by that. So I want to share that this morning and we're going to look at it differently. And I'll share with you in just a moment how we're going to do that. But I want some, I'm going to give you a brief introduction. Here's a question this morning. Have you ever watched a new house or new building being built? Raise your hand, David. I saw. okay, you've watched a house or a building being built from the bottom, from the very bottom. So in 1989, I bought a house in Oceanside, California. Really a lot cheaper than they are now today. Three-bedroom, two-bath house with a view from Oceanside all the way to Vista and the mountains. And it was brand new, second phase. So I saw the plans. And there's, a, there's a quite a, a quote from a person that many of us know in the past from his boxing days. While professional boxer Iron Mike Tyson was considered a great philosopher. <laughs> no, he really wasn't considered a great philosopher. See, you're listening. Good. He, he never was considered a great philosopher. But he did have a poignant, poignant point, which means getting to the point, point. and when asked about his opponents and his plan to defend against his left hook, because that's what knocked out all his opponents, he, w- he was a boxer for 20 years, boxing professionally, long career, he had a left hook that would knock people out, Tyson responded, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, That's his philosophy. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. In other words, if your plan does not help you navigate trouble, adversity, or a punch, it's not a very good plan. God, good plans don't disappear during adversity if we're on the rock. And we are standing with our Lord on the rock like his Sermon on the Mount talks about. His disciples were told to be wise, put his teaching into action because only he could help you us or the disciples move through the storms of life. So, <clears throat> my house was built in 1989. It took about five, six months. I decided I would take pictures of it. So I took pictures every five, six days and I had to drive 30 miles from where I lived. Go take pictures, come back, go take pictures. So I took pictures from the beginning of the house to the completion. And I watched it being built, you know, week by week. So what was the very first item that is constructed in a building or a house? Somebody tell me. Thank you so much. (laughs) Pretty simple. The foundation is the important part of a building or house. Let me share share some buildings with you that I discovered how their foundation was. There is a building down San Francisco, the tallest building. It's called the Salesforce Building. It's 1,070 feet high. It's the tallest building in San Francisco. It has 61 floors. Its foundation includes 42 pilings down in the ground to hold the building. And the foundations are secured. That building is tall. So they had to go 300 feet. Now these trees over here, they're tall trees of the Wells property, are 75 feet, according to Jan, give or take, right? She didn't go climb a tree and measure, right? They're 75 feet. So if you can go up 25 feet, it's like a football field. 300 feet is 100 yards, right? That's how far they had to go down with the Salesforce building to build this building. One football field down, pilings down in the ground. How about Empire State Building in New York, built in 1931, like 90 years ago. It was built on a foundation of 55 feet because the architecture probably was a little different in those days, and they didn't feel they had to go that deep. It's 102 stories, though. It's tall, 1,454 feet high. 55 feet down. Now, kids, I have a question for you. Have you ever seen the Lego house? Will, Nate, you ever seen the Lego house? Uh, yes. You have? Yes. What color is it? Uh, it's more like- okay, it's multicolored. It's this house in Denmark where they make Legos. Okay, it's built in Denmark where the manufacturer is Lego. So they built this house for families and people to come to and they took actually Legos and made bricks out of them, the size, like this size, big. And they, they had to put them in the ground. And they had to put six million bricks in this building. Six million, can you figure that? But inside the building, they created Lego places to observe and play and they put 25 million Legos inside the building. It's even more. Legos. It's a unique house because it's built with different colors. Red, white, blue, green. And if, you, if you Google it, whatever, you'll see the Lego house. And it has squares. And it's 12,000 square meters. I had to interpret that. That's 129,000 so-and-so-and-so square foot. 129,000 square foot probably would take up this whole property here. Because that's like 14, 15 houses in a row. So, everything is quite a feat of architecture. Today, I want to share three points with you. Basic points from the scripture that was read by Dana. What does Jesus mean when he says, everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus, And does them will be like. Then Jesus shares, and we're going to understand the parable of the wise man and the foolish man. Then our last statements, the last two verses, are actually observations by Matthew of the crowd and their response. So we have three points everyone who hears and does, parable of the wise man, foolish man, and then one who speaks with authority in 28 and 29. Now, I've given you a handout. And we're using this handout. I made it up because it wasn't in my book that we use in men's ministry. We are using this book. It's called 30 Devos, Devotions, that Build Faithful Men. So we've got leaders teaching, and we've got a whole group of men that have joined in to be learners. So we have 11 or 12 men going through this 30-day Devo. I think Dennis is one of those. So it's a really good book on challenging you and teaching you from the Word with the method of inductive Bible study. I know Jan thoroughly teaches and really goes after uh, women learning the inductive Bible study. It's a real good way to get in depth with the Scriptures. There's also two other books that uh, I'm using with different people other than the men's group. I'm using one with my cousin in Missouri, and then I'm using one, we're doing one at home. So there's three different books, but we're using the faithful men book. So I want you to turn your your handout, or I'm turning my handout, and we're going to discuss how this is used not just in men's ministry, but how you can use it at home very simply, quickly, or thoroughly. I mean, Jerry Jacobson would spend hours doing inductive word studies and cross-references to, to do our study. So he was very thorough and loved it. So we have first the, our foundation page, and then we have a second page. Let me uh, read this to you and start... <clears throat> with the scriptures are always at the beginning. So we read the scripture on our foundation study guide. Everyone that hear, who hears the words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell, floods came, winds blew, and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Now that word rock, Is interesting. We'll we'll, we'll discover it in our second page. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat against that house. And it fell, and great was the fall. It was a crash. You know, when a house is demolished and falls down, it, it crashes. So the foolish man was like a crashing house. 28-29. When Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for his teaching them as one who had authority and not as scribes. So I heard a message from a man speaking on this subject. I want to share with you his story in brief. The story of a man who had a house. After many years he noticed inside the house that a few rooms had cracks in some of the walls. So he called his house painter and asked him to repair the cracked walls. So the painter came and fixed and painted the cracked walls and he left. But all of a sudden, 35, 40 days later, after a month, he, the man of the house noticed there were still cracks that come back. There's more cracks. So he called his painter But he was too busy and he didn't have time to come out and fix the walls. So he had to call somebody else. So he found another painter, repairman, as it says here. So homeowner called another painter, repairman. The painter came out, stood in this man's house for a long time. And the man waited and waited and waited as this man was observing his house. And he spent like 30 minutes just looking at the walls. And you could hear the man that was Looking at the walls, the painter, going, oh, 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 because there were a lot of cracks. So the painter came back 30 minutes later and said to the man, I can't fix your walls. So the painter, he said, I don't, I just can't repair them. You could, um, or I can't fix your walls. The owner said, you can't fix the walls. You can't fix the walls? The other painter did. Why can't you repair my walls? The painter said, the problem is not your walls. You need to fix your foundation. It won't stop. It's moving, shifting. Oh, said the homeowner, I guess I need to fix my foundation then and make it solid. Yes, the painter said, the walls are only a symptom of the problem. Foundation is important, and the cracked walls were just a symptom. The foundation is the true problem. Do you and I, from the scriptures we read, have a firm foundation, a solid foundation? Are we standing on that foundation? Or are there cracks that keep coming into our lives and we get hit by things, discover things, we we understand calamity, challenges, trials. When they come, are we solid on the rock? Jesus, at the end of his sermon on the mount, concludes with a parable concerning two men who use different methods of foundation. And he begins with, everyone then who hears these words of mine, Jesus says, and does them will be like the parable. Do we hear his words and take action by doing them? Listen to the simple parable, the wise man and the foolish man. Two men are similar, except each of them make a different choice in building a house. Let's examine the parable in Matthew seven twenty-four. So I want you to take the second page. So, we've read the scripture, you've got the scripture right there on the first page. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through a simple, as the men are doing, study using the word build, B-U-I-L-D. And there's a question to answer for each letter. So it's an inductive method of really going into the scripture, because we want to look at the big picture and the direct picture. So we begin with the question, the text. How how can the text be so important? Well, yesterday I had a study with my cousin, and we went through a Romans 12, 1 and 2 study, and he said, you know, I had to read the whole book to really understand what Romans is all about, and it really opened my eyes. So he went beyond the scripture, like here in Matthew 7, 24, 29. So what... I want to not only speak, but I want to hear from you what's one idea of the text that when you say text, you're looking at all the events, the words, the ideas, the, the setting, everything about that particular verse has to do with people, places, ideas, cross-references, words. What would be an idea for this text? Go ahead, Jan. Jan. <laughs> I got to pick on everybody. So what would be the text of Matthew 7? We studied it. Go ahead. It really concludes with the idea of the whole idea sermon on the mount that that Paul has been sharing with us speaking about, you know, our choices. We always have two choices. And all the way through the sermon on the mount, you have two choices. Now it comes to making a wise choice or a foolish choice. So it really shows us the whole Sermon on the Mount conclusion. Okay, here's another one. Here's another idea. Do you know what the meaning of the word rock really means in the original language? It's another idea. It's called a word, word study. You look it up, and it means rock group Petra. Right, Paul? Petra. They were a Christian rock group, but they were called Petra, and that's the meaning that is really on the word. And it does mean rock, but it means something even more astounding, more amazing. It's called bedrock. Now, some of these tall buildings had to go 100 feet down. Why? Because it was all dirt. And they had to find the bedrock that they could find a firm foundation on to continue that building to be built and solid. We have been given a bedrock to be on. The text is important in understanding that we have a rock. You can even go cross-referencing scriptures. So when we talk about a house, from building a house, let me give you scriptures that cross-reference that you can go to Old Testament New Testament. Psalm 127.1 Unless the Lord builds a house, those who build and labor in vain. Who build it and labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. For every house is built, Hebrews 3, 4. Every house is built by someone. But the builder of all things is God. So, we see the text. They're sitting on a hill. They're in a, you know, an open area. Jesus is teaching. He's giving them words to listen to, hear, and do. Rock, house, authority. That's what it's all about. His authority to be on the rock. So we begin by looking at the picture. Then we go to addressing, and the men are doing this pretty thoroughly. Unpack, you, what issues do you need to address? Now, I don't want everybody to tell me their issues today because I don't have time to listen to them. We might be here a couple hours, you know? I mean, I could give you an hour. It's worth at least, you know? So we have issues. We have challenges. We have things happening in our lives that take us different places through the challenges, through the difficulties, trials, isolation, uh, storms, wind. Did you hear the wind? I have my window open next to my bed. And it opens to the east. And I don't know why the wind wants to come to the west. Because it blows right through. And it takes my curtain and it blew it up like three or four feet in the air. And all of a sudden I hear this slam. And it slammed my bedroom door. It was so strong. The wind can do major things. We know that from living here in Sonoma County. So we need to address issues. Write them down if you have an issue. What would be one issue that most of us have in life? What would you think would be one issue we are all challenged by? Okay, relationships. Put that down. Oh, boy. I only need one of them. I can bend over. Slowly. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Sherry. See, the wind's already challenging me, you know? But I'm here. Okay, so that's a good one, Andrea. Andrea, Thank you. Okay, let's go to, to I, inform, on your list. What does this text say to do? Tell me the first verse. Somebody tell me. Read it out, somebody, out loud. Hear and do. That's the that's the that's the challenging part, you know. You can have plenty of relationships, but you know when they come in your face in the wrong way, what do you do? So the text says for us to do. The text says for us to be on a solid foundation. The text really te- talks again about the idea of whose authority Jesus is speaking from. Then we go to L. Land. Got to land. So what steps do you need to take on land? In other words, put your feet on the ground. What steps do you need to take in building relationships? What would be the first thing you'd want to do to build or develop relationships? Communicate or talk. Sometimes I have a problem talking. Communicating. Communicating. I, I get mixed up in my thought. And so that's a challenge for me is talking and communicating clearly. So that's great. Thank you. Pray. Someone say pray. pray. Okay. Pray. And then respond. Do. When God shows you something, respond. So D, Do. What action will you take today in building your relationship, a relationship, any relationship? Communicate, talk, address it, issues. It's important. We, we have proper relationships. And we're, because we're human, we get stuck on ourselves. So, does everybody understand B-U-I-L-D? Very simple. And you can use it 15 minutes. Like Jerry Jacobson, he used to spend two or three hours on this. Very thorough. And I I think I heard Dennis say that he was going deeper than he had been before. Correct, Dennis? Dennis is is in one of the groups, and he's involved with guys and going deeper in relationships, connection. Let me share with you, get a drink of water. Let me continue to share with you scripture that talks about being on the rock. Or who is the rock? Psalm 62, 2. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Psalm 31, three: for you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. Psalm 18.1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my God. You are my rock and whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. So we have rock in Old Testament and New Testament. We have house all through the Old Testament, New Testament, the house of David. Not that I'm talking about you, David, the house of David in the Old Testament, The, the house of Israel. And then the New Testament talks about us being the house, that we are being built as spiritual houses, living stones, as Peter says, that we are to reflect the house that God is building, because he's the builder. He's doing it all. So we have an idea here for it to challenge you in your study if you want to try and work that into inductive study into your time. No charge. No charge. So, how we conclude all this, we've got the uh, House builders, both on the rock and on the sand. And how we place ourselves, we're in Christ, and how we live is either on the rock or we kind of move differently. We can still be on the rock if we're in Christ. We can sin, but God is still in us, through us, with us. And we can stand on the rock and go back to the rock and be more solid, but we have to know what it means to be on the rock. So we need to be in the word. We need to be hearing God because that's what Jesus is saying. You need to be hearing the words of mine. The words are here in the word. He's speaking to us. But then you need to be applying and doing what the word is telling you to do in relationships, in life, in challenges, in school, in with friends, how you choose where you want to be solid, where you want to be on the foundation. So hearing the words of Jesus and doing the words of Jesus, that's what Jesus is bringing home with the example of the wise man and the foolish man. Truly, the wise man found the bedrock and knew the bedrock on how to build a house. It took him longer because he had to find the bedrock, which is never on the surface. Bedrock is down underneath. It's below the surface of the ground and you have to go down to find it because it's a solid part of our earth. And so he would build on that. It took him longer and harder to work on being on the rock. We have to not work. We have to be humble and receptive and understand and then, like my wife says, do it. I have to do it. I can't just think about it. And that's important for me because I can be in my head but never get to my feet and my heart. The foolish man built on the sand. And obviously that came tumbling down when the wind, the waves, or the water, the rain, all the challenges that we meet before us, whether it's Home, school, activity, running, uh, walking, uh, no, physical challenges, opportunities, like I'm on a mend, and Paul are on a mend, and we know we're going to mend, it's just a matter of persevering and being patient with the timing of it, because God is, if you persevere, God will be right with you, he'll take you through, he won't change it, he might take you through a storm a difficulty a challenge so get on the rock the bedrock it's going to take time but jesus you know he's he's the one that shows the way and in john 14 6 it says jesus said i am the way the truth and the life no man goes to the father but through me and jesus came to be the way by going to the cross the good news he went to the cross He knew that was the way, even though it was hard. It was like being finding the bedrock. He he persevered. He allowed God's will to happen in his life. He went to the cross, and then, in three days, out of the grave, he came out resurrected. And we are no longer ourselves if we're in Christ. We're crucified to Christ. We're crucified. Now we need to be. Walking in the resurrection, as it says in Philippians, we study Philippians, where he talks about, I want to know him, the resurrection, and the power of his glory. So Jesus came for you and me. He offers you salvation. He offers you strength, power, in his glory, in his way. So we look at verse 28 and 29, very simple verses, where Jesus is talking and when the Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. So when you were sitting on the hill with the crowds, listening to Jesus and his sermon on the mount, and he didn't go chapter 5, 6, and 7. He just spoke it with authority. And the crowds listened, and they were amazed. They were overwhelmed. They were astonished of his authority. Because it wasn't from some other person that was getting it from some other person. It was direct. They were hearing God speak. And our word is God speaking. And we need to be directed by his authority in our lives because he's sovereign. And he wants us to hear the words and do them. So this morning, you have opportunity to stand on the rock, to, to allow him to be your rock, solid, in situations in life, daily life we encounter. And know that Jesus' authority and his power are with you in the Holy Spirit. So the question is, and I think most of you can answer this, do you know him? Is he real to you? Is he, is he showing you himself from the word and from connection with other people that are like-minded in the faith? sharing and encouraging and challenging admonishing because he is king he is lord and he is savior all all that's all we need is a king a lord savior and he showed it by his life and his death and his resurrection we just need if you don't know him you just need to ask the lord to take jesus and be your Lord, your King, your Savior. Repent and, and stand on the rock that won't move you but will challenge you. And we are going to be challenged as we stand in faith in this time and age we're in. It's been, you know, it's been good and bad depending on what's good, what's bad. <laughs> so this morning, I'm concluding. So thank you uh, for hearing the word, not me, God's word, God's way, God's truth. And he'll, he gives life even on the rock. It's solid. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, thank you that you speak to us. You want us to hear you and listen and then do. So teach us how we can do. We just thank you for each one here. Pray your blessing for this day and this week. Pray that we would just continue in knowing you on the foundation of the rock, the bedrock, Jesus. Thank you for this time. Bless the rest of our day. And we give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen.